Hey everyone, Mr. Swerve with the Cardboard Jungle, checking in with our latest sports card market update. This week we are going to focus the entire update on a very recent and very insightful interview that the CEO of Fanatics Tops, Michael Rubin, did on the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, a great listen uh, if you're interested in the sports card industry and hobby, as we are at the Cardboard Jungle, uh, would recommend giving it a listen on Bill Simmons' podcast. But wanted to go through my analysis of what I heard. And what I heard was some new announcements that we'd never heard. That We'll get to those in a moment. Uh, we heard Ruben go into the master plan for Fanatics Tops in much greater detail than at least I've ever heard him speak about. And uh, talked about some of the plans for the future in terms of future innovation, things that they have coming up down the road. Uh, again, if you're in the sports card industry and hobby like we are, uh, when Michael Rubin speaks, you want to listen. I mean, right now he is the godfather of the sports card industry and hobby, um, and his influence and their power and market share is increasing by the day. That's not going to stop, uh, at least anytime soon. So, worth listening to. So, Getting into what Ruben spoke about, you know, I think you know one of the main takeaways for me was he he really laid out his master plan in in much greater detail than we've heard before. And what that is is he called it a fan ecosystem, highly personalized, where you can bet on, in some cases, watch live uh, professional sports. You can buy the rookie card of a player. You can buy merchandise. You can buy tickets to upcoming events. So think about in the palm of your hand on your phone, being able to watch you know, your favorite professional sports team and uh, while doing so, make a live bet on the game. They're now in the gambling business. Buy the rookie card of the guy that just caught the touchdown live right there in your palm. And maybe buy the hat that the backup quarterback or the quarterback's wearing on the sideline when the defense is on the field. Um, so he talked about that vision, you know, of where they want to go. Uh, and in tandem with that, um, supporting hobby shops, he talked about them having relationships with, with 800 different hobby shops and breakers. So he talked uh, a few times about breakers, their importance in the hobby, their growing relevance to the hobby. Uh, one of the things we like to hear is a very reputable breaker in the hobby. You know, I, I when I started this business, people asked me, you know, why would you get into the business now when you have this behemoth coming in with Fanatics Live? And I said, because they're going to market the hell out of what I do for free for me. Uh, and that's what they've been doing. Um, and so he talked about the breaking community a lot and their desire to support that. He talked about the fact that Fanatics Apparel has a hundred million customers that they're very adept at talking to, uh, that only eight million have ever, ever bought by his calculation, any type of sports card product before in their life. So the opportunity, he kept, he talked about the size of the opportunity, um, a couple new announcements too, you know, sticking with the breaker theme, he made an announcement that I hadn't heard him talk about before, but they hired Deloitte and Touche to audit, I guess, every break that they've done on Fanatics Live. Uh, I don't think they've released any results or announcements or press releases from that, but pretty big announcement. He said they hired Deloitte and Touche to come in, you know, basically because of the perceptions of the breaking community being shady or what have you, um, you know, made that happen and made it sound like they're going to be releasing some results for that now. And their goal was to prove, hey, everything is just as random on these breaks on Fanatics Live as we say it is. Another announcement, he talked about how they bought the biggest 
uh, trading card printing company in America, which they did some months ago. Um, but talked about putting chips in cards. So he talked about these one-on-one MLB patch debut cards. And he said, yeah, picture if oh, we were doing this when Otani was a rookie and how much that card would be worth millions of dollars. So they're going to start putting chips in high-end cards to prove authenticity. Obviously a great thing for the hobby uh, and collectors. He was questioned on Panini and the ongoing, obviously, legal battles with them. He was very tight-lipped, instead kind of pivoting to his usual, you know, talking, uh, alluding to the things they do poorly. He talked about how in Topps Chrome this year, there were 30,000 redemptions the year prior, only 1,000 this year, how they've reduced redemptions by 97%. Now, that's such a hot button with the collecting community. Talked about product innovation. He told the story of how the one-of-one one MLD debut patches was an idea that you know basically picked up the phone called rob manfred t- called tony clark out of the players union four months later the product was you know kind of um out there in the market and speaking to you know being able to get things done and you know others in the hobby in the past not doing any product innovation and talked about the mvp buyback program i think he said that they invested 10 million dollars in that paying 20 bucks a card to hobby shops for turn-ins of Acuna and Otani, rookies last year, Judge and Goldie. Uh, so some of the things that he he talked about, he said that really some you know other takeaways I had was just the scope of what they're trying to do. I mean, you know, he said I'm not a patient guy, and this requires patience. He said the same of the gambling business, which they more recently entered. But um, talking about how they bought tops less than two years ago, he said we're not even in the first inning of this of this you know, collectibles and cards thing. He said, we're, we're not even maybe at the national anthem. So, you know, all this stuff that they've done, uh, MLB, MLB debut, MVP buyback, some of the other product innovation, just, uh, uh, you know, the tip of the iceberg and uh, that there's still so much to do. So it made it sound like, then he made a comment about how baseball surging, oh, because of our product innovation and, you know, MLB or NBA and NFL are down. He alluded to that those products are coming down the line. Of course, they don't have the licensing rights for a, a couple of years still. They're trying to get those earlier. That's been kind of, uh, you know, uh, roadblocked legally. So they're still fighting through that. He wasn't able to say too much there, but also talked about celebrity collaboration collaborations. Uh, he was all over this big one they have coming out. Him and Tom Brady have a good relationship. Um, they've got Brady autos coming in this Bowman Chrome. Uh, football release, I guess, that's coming out on 12-12. He talked about that a lot. He talked about Brady a lot and made it seem like there's more coming there. Um, he, he talked about his friendship with Brady and how hard he works and how much he enjoys working with him. And uh, again, they have, a bit, I think, more to come. They've teased some of this Brady stuff, but he said, you're not going to believe this release, blah, 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 blah. He, he, he made it sound like it would be as big as the one-on-one MLB debut and the buyback and some of the other big things they've done. Whatever they got coming with Brady on December 12th. So he also talked just about product releases in general, how, uh, you know, in the spirit of innovation that he believed that, you know, big sports card product releases should be like shoe releases or movie releases. Again, you know, referencing celebrity collaborations to help make that happen. So some really interesting stuff, you know, and and from our perspective, the cardboard jungle, we're a big breaker. Uh, You can, you can, Get in our breaks at thecardboardjungle.com. We're a big single seller on eBay and ComC. Sell a ton of singles every day. So we're deeply embedded in this hobby. And my, my just general thoughts in closing are, right now this is great for a, comp- a small business like the Cardboard Jungle, right? He's, he's promoting breaking. 
He's promoting transparency in breaking. He's a very well-known, well-liked figure uh, that people have a lot of confidence in. He's trying to take that company public. Uh, they're being very aggressive. They're doing a lot of cool, innovative stuff that uh, is great for the hobby and great for collectors and brings attention to it. You know, I said all the time when I started this business, like, you ask, ask 100 random sports fans right now, what's a what's a sports card box break? Like, five right now would know. You know, I'm banking on because in large part, Fanatics and some of their marketing efforts and, and other things that, you know, a year from now, 20 people will know. And two years from now, 50 people will know. So he's really commercializing it, which is great for right now. He's done some of the things he did mention in terms of quality control improvements and uh, innovation has been sorely lacking in the hobby. What they bring is great. Um, the the fear is down the road. You know, I mean, if they're able to wipe out Panini, have sole licensing, um, then they just have all the power and can kind of do what they want. So the way I look at it is great for the short, maybe even the medium term because of the scope of what they have to accomplish. But uh, obviously poses some risks um, for collectors in the hobby in the future if they're able to accomplish what they want. And a, a big part of why I say that is it, it's pretty common knowledge that they're fueling towards an IPO next year with Fanatics. And I think it will be a hugely successful one. I mean, live sports is a huge money maker. The only thing you can sell advertising on. He's now in it with, with apparel, with collectibles, and with gambling. And he mentioned ticket partnerships and other things they got percolating in verticals they don't really want to get in. So uh, they're building something pretty damn powerful and it should be really attractive to investors. So, But then once the company goes public, you know, then you're kind of beholden to the shareholders that are going to care much less about the collector than Michael Rubin does right now trying to take the company public, which, you know, kind of has to have the approach that, you know, it's all about the collector, you know, and, you know, and they have acted in that way. But so anyway, a little long winded, but to me, an important topic and go listen to the interview yourself if you want. It's at the tail end of Bill Simmons' most recent podcast. So until our next update on Mr. Swerve with the Cardboard Jungle, you can find us at thecardboardjungle.com. The jungle is decorated to the gills for Christmas. We've got all our breaks posted through Christmas already. We do fun, affordable breaks. Everything ships free next day. It's a blast. It's me and a bunch of crazy punk teenagers. And uh, we have a lot of damn fun with it. So we'll see you in the jungle. Have a good day, everyone. Take care.